Welcome back to the Boys and Bolos podcast. We're down here in the Barbershop studio. Week one is over. You like that? That was like a Mickey Mouse voice. Uh, I've been practicing. Oh. A lot of Mickey Mouse influence in this house. Just a Mickey Mouse operation. (laughs) Disney vibes up in here. (laughs) A lot of jokes. I'd like to get your quick fire assessment after week one. Yeah, do you want to do like word association? I want to do just like your general feeling about how things went overall. I don't think there were any surprises. I was gonna. I was actually the second question was gonna be your biggest surprise of the weekend. I don't think there's any surprises. I wasn't surprised by anything. It's true. I actually wasn't surprised by anything. Like either. Liverpool tying Fulham, whatever. Fulham's at home. They just come up. Mitrovic is still thinking he's the king. I mean, I, he's gonna bag some goals this season. Oh, if when he plays at home, if you have him on fantasy, he captains. That's my full take because no one else is gonna do it. And if he hits, he hits hard. He's gonna beat up some of the lower teams. Like it, when Mitrovic plays Everton, if you have Mitrovic, play him. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna score. He's good for like twelve goals still, this season. And he won't I score. Think so. He won't score like thirty-five like he did last season. But I do think that people need to reassess. Like a couple of years ago, I don't think it was last season, but the season before, or maybe it was last season. I'm getting seasons confused. But when in the first game Norwich beat Man City three to two, and I think it was two seasons ago, in the season they came up because they came up, stayed for a season, and the next season they went right, down after right, that right. season. When they first came up, up from the championship. They surprised Man City and beat him 3-2. Pookie, I think, had a double. And people are like, oh, you know, Norwich is going to be here. I'm like, yo, it's a long season. No matter what happened this week, there's no stock. The only thing, now let me go back on that statement. The only thing that everyone should be worried about, and actually John Scheimer just, he just said it. He's in our DMs per usual. It's about Holland. He said, this guy may end up being the greatest goal machine to date. And I really don't think that's hyperbole. He could score 60, 70, 80 goals a season in all competitions for a long time. I think that's a bold statement. But I do think he's going to be starting to crack 35, 40-goal season if he stays at City. I mean, it's just going to be stupid. Yeah, the only thing, that I, like I said in, in the group chat today, was the only thing holding him back is injury. Stays healthy. Absolutely agree with everyone. He's going to score 35, 40 goals. All competitions. because. But the other thing is, like, I think there's going to be a point where like Pep took him out today. He's going to be like, I need to just manage him. Like, I just need to manage the amount of minutes he gets. Because I need him for every competition. <laughs> like, I need him to get me across the line champions. Like, I need this guy to stay healthy. In Pep's mind, they've looked back in the past couple seasons of Holland, and they've seen that he's missed games. And that's probably hurt Dortmund. And that's probably hurt Salzburg in whatever capacity that was. But it's, it's hurt Dur- Dortmund that he was out for 16 games last season. You can't tell me that him being out for 16 games last season was advantageous to their season. No, it hurt them. And they need City needs him to be healthy the entire season. Because if they're going to switch to having a, a number nine, right, their play is not focused on being a number nine. They, they're going to have to adapt to having Holland on, on their team. As opposed to last season where they just had a bunch of number 10s just running around, kicking the ball around. They need do something different, actually. And they, and they even brought this up while the, the game was going on. They're going to have to shift kind of the way they play and allow Holland to run into space and to like kind of do his thing, you know, do what he did best, you know, scoring 30 goals last season. And that's and that's kind of that's kind of a bit different than the way that a, a lot different, actually, from the way that City usually plays, which is. Very, very possession-based. Don't kick the ball into space. Don't have some plays that fail. Basically, they're so worried about losing the ball and getting hit in the counter that they're, they hold the ball and they don't do anything with it. That's like, that's, I mean, do anything with it. They won the league, so obviously, they, obviously they're doing things with it. But you know what I mean? Like, sometimes they're very pass-heavy around the box. With Holland, you've got to put the balls in the space and let him do the work. Like, well, they finally have, and this is something that, other than Kane... Chelsea doesn't have. Liverpool doesn't have. Well, they have now in Darwin. They have maybe, now in Darwin. News. Maybe, maybe. But they don't have a guy. He's he's unproven. But I think in the Premier League. But Holland obviously has. Holland's unproven too. But Holland's goals. Like I was trying to look up when you were talking. Ah, yeah. Here we go. Fifteen goals in thirteen Champions League matches. On Borussia Dortmund. Right. When he's on Man City in the Champions League, stupid numbers are about to happen. Like long term. But what I wanted to say about that was. You know, when you get all heavy possession and Spurs do this, Liverpool does this, City does this, Chelsea does this, the better teams do this, and you push the team back and they're just sitting on their 18 and there's not a lot of space, what City have had to do, Chelsea have had to do, and Liverpool have to do pre this season, Spurs had Kane in the middle. 
we always talk about you can't just dump the ball. You can't get the ball wide and dump it in, you know, around six feet high and hope for a header because the defenders are going to win. They're going to they're going to say, "Come on, do that, do that all game." I mean, that's yeah. how Chelsea won the Champions League. We put three lugs in the middle: Christensen, Rudiger, and Thiago Silva, and we said, "All right, dump it in. We're not going to, you know, we'll hold the deep line." It was like Thermopylae, really, with like the three hundred. And now with City, they can play through you, which is what they used to do, and they still won the league doing that. Or they're going to have the option where they can get Kyle Walker or Cancelo, who literally Cancelo has more skill than most number nines in the entire championship. Yep. I watched him today, and I was so, today was I watched the entire game. He barely played. He, he's City. barely a defender. I mean, he's he's basically a midfielder. He, he's yeah. I mean, attacking midfielder. He and Walker on like and anyways, it's just so freaking. But now when those guys get wide and they're swinging the ball around. You know, going from where the ball side is over to the, to the other side, as they swing. They're going to be on the other side, and they're finally going to be like, "Oh, we can actually dump it in because we have this dude who can get on top of it and bicycle it, head it, flick it." Holland finds ways to score goals. Like he's a true poacher. So it's kind of crazy. And the stat that I saw today, which I was like, "Wow, this is some vibes," was that the last time a City player in his debut scored a double was Cunaguero, who is a legend at City. Yeah, a I mean- legend. I think he scored 190 goals in the Prem. Won them the championship in 2012. You know, I mean, it is setting up for Holland to be like statue, like on re level. Now, whether it happens, we don't know. You're right. Also, like whether he stays there, like I mean, he doesn't have a. I don't think he has an allegiance to like being. being I don't a think he's footballer. Like he doesn't care. He what just me. wants to get he better. Just, and he I wants think, to get better yeah. and wants to be and want. He wants to win trophies and like wants to win the Champions League, win the league. He wants to win the World Cup. He wants to do all these things, right? He's 22. Like he doesn't. He doesn't know. But like that doesn't mean he's gonna do it all at City. I think he's going to stay at City for a while, like probably five years. But like, he's going to take a payday too. Like, there's going to be a point where he's just going to be like, "I want to set myself up for life." Oh, he's going to he will play for Real Madrid after this. Yeah, for sure. That's it. That's the only other team. Yeah, he won't go to Barcelona because they're still going to be in a shit show. He wants. I mean, Real Madrid's Real Madrid. They've won the Champions League fourteen times. Like, they're they are the team. Yeah, and and Man City is is there's no like. I don't know. There, and a lot of people aren't going to agree with me on this, but there's it's not like a historic club. Like, like it's not like it's been around a long time. But it's not like a it's not like a Manchester United or a. It just doesn't have that like history. The it's Men and Blazers like, did a really good thing on it, and it was on, and I put it up in the bolos. But they had like a it's Roger Bennett. He's like, uh, here's a one and a half minute quick and dirty about Manchester City, and basically up until 2008 when they were bought by the. The Etihad Group, whatever the, it was. The Etihad yeah. Group, which is from Abu Dhabi. Yes. Up until that point, they so in the last 15 years, 14 years, they've won all these titles, they've gone to the Champions League final, they've won all these FA Cups, won all these League Cups. Before that, it's kind of just like a run-of-the-mill team. Yeah, big, mid-table, not mid-table, yeah, but like upper talking, mid-table club. Yeah, but like 110 years, I think, of kind of mediocrity. And, and Roger Bennett's point was just like, what is really Man City? Right, Is nothing. it the last 15 years, or is it... Before that, and the answer is it's nuanced, but like clearly, what we have now is just a fucking juggernaut. It's just a, it's just an it's oil just, club. It's it's an oil club. It's an oil club, it's, and it's just money. And it's just and so for me, like, it, is there any is there any like defining thing that keeps a player there? Right? Is there like besides winning? I guess right. I mean, winning money I guess and winning. if you have Pep. Yeah, I think but Pep Pep's really not going to stay there though, and Pep and Pep's not going to coaches don't. I mean, besides Sir, F- Sir Alex Ferguson, what coach has stayed at a club for more than Wenger. X amount of years? Wenger. 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 But if you really add up like- Mourinho's 17 times at Chelsea, he's been there for a decade. <laughs> but, like, really, like, that's that's the thing. It's like, he's not going to be there forever. Pep's going to leave. Pep's going to retire. Pep I doesn't need anything. I mean, he, he doesn't need anything. He doesn't, he's not loyal to, to City. No, 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 no. He's, right. he's, loyal to, he's loyal to the challenge of the project. And right now the challenge of the project is that Pep Champions Guardiola... League. Last time he won a Champions League was in 2011. It was 11 years ago. Right. Right? That's the challenge. Like, jokers have won Champions Leagues over him since. Like, Robbie Mateo. Yeah, because at the end of the day. Who showed up at Chelsea and had a three-month stint and won the fucking Champions League. And Pep is, like, God and has all these books on how to coach and how to, like, you know, triangle pass your team into a freaking coma and he can't win it. So that's that's his challenge. Yeah. And, and, and how long will get them over the line? That's fine. Whatever. I, mean, I don't think anybody's like arguing that that. What am I? I just want to make the, like, Holland's only twenty two, he's not going to be at City forever. But where does he? Like, I guess Real Madrid. That's it, right? 
for me, Real Madrid. I don't, yeah. and nothing else would make and sense. Then, and, and the only reason he goes there is for a payday, and then just to set himself up, and then he can win more, win more Champions Leagues, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's never going to be good. Like, let's, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say it here. He's never going to be competitive nationally. Norway's not going to do it. They might get to the World Cup. Maybe they get out of the group stage, which would be impressive because their country's so tiny. But you know, that's it. They're not yeah. going to win the World Cup. Maybe they challenge for the Euro if they have some freakish like generation. But even then, I think the larger teams eat them alive in the Euro. So it's just kind of I guess like, like maybe like his his ambition is to like just be the best striker ever ever in uh, his ambition football. is to be up there with, you know, yeah. Ronaldo. I guess that's what with that's the two what Ronaldos with Messi, with Thierry Henry, you know, with ballers. He wants to be in the elite level of, of players. And I think his numbers, if he obviously stays on this 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 trajectory, which God knows is ridiculous, um, you know, he'll get there. Sure. But what I want to I want to I wanted to ask you about because I was thinking about City earlier. Where do you think Pep goes? And I have an answer in my head, and I want to see where you where you take this. Where does Pep go if he leaves Man City? Where does he go? Where does he go? Doesn't stay in the Premier League. I have two. I have two. I have two. Doesn't stay in the Premier League. Doesn't stay in the Premier League. Obviously not. But I have two options for him. I want to see which one. If you pick up either of them, the ones I'm picking. I mean, is he going to go back to Barcelona? That's one option. Yeah, because like Xavi doesn't know what he's doing. I think Xavi does know what he's doing. Well, I think he has a back office of fucking bumbling idiots and guys that can't put a P and L sheet together. Fair, fair. (laughs) He has nothing to do with Xavi. You saw what Xavi did over with his team, Al Sadd, whatever. I mean, they were just killer. Yeah, yeah, but. Okay, I, so it could be Barca. Okay. Do you want the other take? Yeah, I want to hear the other take, because that's the only thing I can think of. He'll stay within the Etihad group and go to NYCFC. Come to the MLS. Oh, Come to the MLS. do there? Well, it's a new challenge, and MLS has not really had a lot of dynasties. When they started with the original 10 or 12 clubs, DC United and LA Galaxy kind of dominated, and you can make an argument that LA Galaxy has been the MLS dynasty. I think they have won five out of the 26 cups. But, you know, if he can turn the Premier League into a Farmers League, like he did totally solidify the German League, another challenge would be, can he do that at NYCFC? He stays within the Etihad group. He'd probably go over and take a player or two with him. Just an idea. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. I think after this season and the World Cup, Messi leaves PSG. He goes to Miami for a season or two, and then he finishes in Rosario playing at his where he's from. That's my take on that. I just think that like the MLS is really going to become an attractive thing for players and coaches alike, and he would be that first one to be like of a high caliber to step across so the pond. The other question I have about Pep, he's in the last year of his contract right now. I'm sure there'll be some negotiations based on Champions League run. Right. You mean, did he win or did he not? Right. If he loses Champions League, does he say, well, we got this team that has Holland on it and Grealish and Foden and, you know, a strong <laughs> core group of guys, obviously. Or does he say, yeah, not going to get it done here. I'm going to go to a team, you know. There's no other team. My take is there's no other team that he could go to in Europe That's other better, than right. PSG. That he can immediately get there and transform, and just say, "Yeah, we're, we're going to tra- we're, we're we're going to challenge for the for the for the Champions League." I think this is his best shot to stay. I mean, this is my question that's been kind of swirling around my brain. Are you staying on week. the same topic? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Hundred percent. This has been swirling around my brain, and I think it's obviously been asked and put out there. But is Pep really a good coach? Let's be real. Is he really a good coach? Come on, dude. Like, you're giving so, the fucking keys to the fucking... Key. You you are giving a billion dollars. Doll hairs. Is he really good? Like, Or is it just like, yeah, I mean, he puts the best... He literally has the best players in the Premier League. Like, come on, bro. Like, you, you're winning the games. It's like, it's a question that I don't think there's an... Obviously, there's a simple answer. I'm not... There I'm is not, no yes or no. It's just kind of like, depending on who you talk to. I think... Okay. I think Pep has been as big for the game of soccer and what he's done as he's not to Johan Cruyff level, but he's almost there in the way that like he's changed some things. Like I don't, I'm going to put this out there and somebody hopefully correct me, DM us or whatever. I'm pretty sure he was one of the first people to start doing false nines 
And he started doing that in 2011 with, uh, excuse me, 2012 with Barcelona. And then in 2012, Spain, which was Barcelona, they won the Euro playing a 4-6, essentially. Yeah. So he changed the use of the false nine, and now he's brought that over the Premier League, and he's even won the Premier League with a false nine, which for an English person thinking back to the way they used to play, it was classic 4-4-2, get these fast guys on the side, get Chris Wood likes in the middle, Andy Carroll's, dump it in, bang, that's it. And he's totally said, that's fucking barbaric. We got to keep the ball on the ground. We now know the stats. The teams have the higher possession. So I feel like he's come into a time where, like, the statisticians and all the metrics are coming together. And he's just, he's basically moneyballed soccer, is the way I see it. But the way I also see it is that, like, if he didn't have a billion dollars on the field, he would never be able to do what he's trying to do. He would never be able to accomplish the the possession-based football with without De Bruyne, without Foden, without even Sterling. Like a so, lot of his, a lot of the, and, and, and Aguero, like for a while, like right. And so, and th- that's what I'm trying to say. Like if he was put on, if he was put in charge of of a Brighton, if he was put I in was charge, say Brighton. if he's gonna put him in charge of a Brighton, he would never win the Premier League. Even just with those players, you just wouldn't do. You just wouldn't do it because they do not have the skill. They do not have. So, my like, my question is: is like, is he actually a good coach, or is he just? So, so I, I you know, you know, no, yeah, no, you, I know. You understand my no, point. No, I'm picking up because, like I said, I can make arguments both ways. I think he's revolutionized the false nine. I think he's changed the way the game is played. I think he's figured out this thing. Like all of his teams, they all get into this certain part of the box. That opens up the other part of the box, which we were never taught to get into because the game has evolved so much. But then you also have to look back. And when he was on that 2011 team, he had Lionel Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets. He basically had a World Cup winning team adding Lionel Messi sprinkled on top. So, like, he's always had cheat codes teams. You know what I mean? So, I think your point is really valid. And I want to remind just like everyone that coaching is to some degree. It was in a, it was it's in the book uh, the the soccer by numbers or something that said like if you took these teams and they didn't have coaches the statisticians were like they would more or less finish in like one or two spots from where they are because at the end of the day the money's gonna talk right like if Man City coachless plays Nottingham Forest coachless ten times over ten weeks it doesn't matter they figure it out yeah it doesn't matter the best players are the best players it's, it's just I'm showing up at the schoolyard these are my boys you have your boys and we're gonna play. And over a long and a period of time, the better players are always going to win. And I think Kate said it on our pod. We're like, who do you want to replace Pep? And she's like, oh, no, they're good. They're robots for two years because they, they've been inculcated in the system and they can go out and just do it. You know what I mean? So I don't really know. And so here's the question I want to throw back at you to kind of answer this. Would Klopp, would Pep, oh, let's go with this, would Pep, have helped Liverpool beat Real Madrid in the Champions League final last no, year? No, 100% no. They did not have the personnel to beat Liverpool, Would Real Madrid. Would Klopp have beat Chelsea with Manchester City the year before? Yeah. I No, no wait, wait. No, no, no. It's the players, dude. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's my point. Okay. It's always the players. Because... It's, it's not the coach. It's not always... It, there's, there's way too much... So... There's way too much... Besi- let, let me remind you of Conte. Nuno... Versus Conte. Conte. Okay. And then you tell me it's not the coach. And then we're going to remind you versus Lampard versus Tuchel. I'm just saying, we have case study to prove both sides, but I do believe over the long enough arc, if all the teams were coachless, it would fall out exactly as it, more or less exactly as it would as if they had coaches. Every one of those players on Manchester City play for their national team and start for their national team. Everyone. Except Ederson. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's <laughs> ironically, ironically, but everyone does, and they're just they're, there's a billion dollars in the field, not just because of what they've done in the Premier League, it's because of how they are as footballers and and the, the skill they have, and they're it is, it's I said it today, getting Holland from City, getting Holland is an absolute cheat code. The only reason they were able to get them is because they can sell their players may, may, that were already inflated because they've been so good, and they they're. And they got those players because they cheated. And, like, it's just, like, it's th- the level of cities, like, 
ascendance and now like staying at the top it's it 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 breaks my my brain because it's just not it's really just not fair and if you if you're a city fan and you don't agree with me fine but it's not fair go back and look to how city got to where they are and the amount of cheating they've done and like it's just not it's nobody's playing at the same level as city they've they've literally they're just they're they're basically saying fuck you to everybody else they're saying fuck you to everybody else because they what what they've gotten now they have Holland. They're like, well, come at us, like come at us, bro. Like that's that's how I feel. It's I, so in everybody else's face that like it, people don't even question it anymore. People don't even like are, are just like, yeah, City, so you're gonna win the league. Yeah, that's oh yeah. Fine. Just for me, for me, it's a it's a, it's, it's just already like, it's already written. City, Their names City on the just, trophy. City just win the league. Yeah, it's fine. So I want to. This is insane. Watching this game today was insane because like Bernardo Silva comes off the bench phenomenal talent. One of their best talents in the last five years, in my opinion. Julian Alvarez comes off. They just picked up this guy. Basically went to the best club in South America, one of the top two clubs in South America, and picked this dude off River Plate in Argentina. Just cherry-picked him. He could play anywhere. He'll just sit on the bench, whatever. He's right behind Holland. Great. Riyad Mahrez. This dude won AFCON, right? He's a freaking beast. His left foot is divine. Comes off the bench. Cole Palmer, I don't know too much about him. He's a younger talent. Probably plays on the bottom 10 team starts. And Calvin Phillips. Leads his backbone. England's holder alongside Declan Rice, who is a gem, by the way, watching him play today. I mean, he's so much... I watched it in Spanish today because I clicked the wrong button, but the Spanish commentators were like, why is Declan Rice on this team? He's so much... Your best player cannot be your holding midfielder is kind of like the argument they were making throughout the thing. But those guys come off the bench. They start on almost every other team. Riyad Mahrez starts for Chelsea. Julian Alvarez probably starts for Chelsea because we don't really have a nine. Bernardo Silva probably starts for Chelsea. It's just it, they have the most embarrassment of riches. It's freakish. It's freak. So they can weather injuries. Right. That's the other thing. Like you said, I think in the last part, they don't even need Holland, and they probably still win the Prem. So with Holland, it's like eh, it's kind of it's kind of over. But let's change and let's talk about the other team in Manchester. Yeah, we don't even have to talk about the games because week one doesn't make any difference. To week, to I me, mean, everyone saw the games probably. This is probably the one. People, if you're a Prem fan, you probably catch week one because it's exciting. And you catch week 38. Everything in between, all of a sudden, the game's on Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, maybe it's a later, whatever, whatever. So I think everyone saw the games. But Manchester United, and we tweeted this and we posted this. I, we said they're probably finished 10th or higher. I don't, 10th or lower, excuse me. I don't think that's a crazy call. And seeing the turmoil, how do you not start a goat? I don't care I don't if care you do if, not like him. I don't care. Messi if doesn't be, sit on the bench. Ronaldo doesn't sit on the bench. I don't care. I don't care if he's going to be a little bit winded. I don't care. I, he's 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 your number nine. He's going to play up top. Who cares? Let him let him. He's not going to press that hard. Like just let him just let him run around out there. He's going to produce something. To, they to, started Luke Shaw, and then they said Ronaldo. I have thirty six abs. Is out of shape. Right. I'm they, dead. I'm fucking dead they on put, the side. They put Erickson up top. Uh, in the center. In a 4-3-3. In a 4-3-3. It was the most insane lineup I've I've probably ever seen a team put out because Ten Hag was trying to make a statement about who is in charge. Who's the big boy on campus now at United? Who's the big boy at Old Trafford? I have the big boy. No. He was trying to make a point. That's why he sat him. I'm you don't sh- think Ronaldo was doing freaking jumping jacks and like ab crunches while he was what wasn't at uh, Old Trafford? He's fit. That guy is fucking ripped. Ronaldo, no when he was at Juventus and he did his uh, physio thing, or maybe when he was came to United, I'm getting this confused. I think he was like 30. No, so I think he went into, when he went to Juve, he was like 33, 32, and his physio and they did like his metabolics. He's like 19. The dude's fine. <laughs> he only fine. eats grapes. There's videos of him like making fun of his son because he wanted like a cheeseburger or some shit. The dude's a fucking goat. You play him. And then Ten Hag said, this is insane. I'm really happy. I told you before we have a top striker. I'm really happy he's here with the squad and we stick to the plan. And I, I had to put on the bow is define gaslighting. How are you going to say that and not start? Like, it's insane. It's insane. The United fans have zero allegiance to you. And that dude is a walking legend. Yeah, you also, play it, him at all costs. It's literally Ronaldo vibes FC. And you don't play him. How do you, you not play. play Ronaldo vibes FC? Like, dude, all I know is that the lineup was absolutely insane. 
Luke Shaw, fucking McTominay and Fred in the center. McFred. You, you don't play. I, I don't understand. Just play Van de Beek. He's better. He's better moving forward. You at least outscore them. At least outscore Brighton. Who who cares if you don't if you give up a goal or two? Beat them three to f- three four two. Whatever. Who cares? Put Luke, put him in there. Put Ronaldo in there. Get fucking Rashford away from Old Trafford, dude. Get him away. Get him away. Get so you start away. you start Ronaldo over Rashford. Ronaldo over Rashford. I put uh, I like Fred. I keep Fred, but I put, put Van de Beek over McTominay. Yep. Uh, absolutely. And then you have Fred. And you put Erickson as a ten. You put Erickson as a fucking. I would do a diamond mid- in the midfield. Yes. With them. You put Eric Erickson. As a as, ten, as a ten, Fernandez and Van de Beek, and then Fred in the exactly. diamond, and then up top you have Sancho and Ronaldo. And, and, and okay, it's still not the best team, but like at least you're going to score like three goals from it, right? You're, you're I think Ronaldo before this game or in the last ten games of last season, I think he was involved in every one of United's last ten goals or something. Yeah, it was like a, a mind-boggling statistic. It, it it's it's unbelievable that literally you and I can put out a better United team than Ten Hag. And this guy's supposed to be some fucking Ajax legend. Like, I don't care. Like, that's bad. Like, he doesn't even... he. It's also the first game of the season. You you have probably your biggest crowd. You put out Ronaldo. You you make the people happy. Who cares if you draw? Who cares if you... like? Who, you like, start Ronaldo. You start I, Ronaldo. You start Van Even play him to halftime, and everyone's like, wow, he started, he played. Ronaldo will get enough chances in that time. He'll do something. He's a killer. He's a goat. Yeah. the 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 only The only downside that I could see Ten Hag having, like his apprehension, is that they're going to be exposed a lot because Maguire's so bad, and Dallas not that good, and like, you know, it's Lissandro Martinez's first game, so I think he's worried a little more. Def- he wants to play a little more defensively. That's why he put McFred in the middle. That's the that's that's I maybe his reasoning. But it's also Brighton, so it's like a mid-table team. Like you're not. You're you, at home. You're at home. You gotta go for the three points. You're you not go scared of Brighton. No. If you're worried about Brighton on the counterattack because you have fucking Slabby in the middle, you've already lost the game. Right. You've literally already lost the plot. Like it's you, true. Go, you're at home. You attack. If they score a goal, you on the counter, it happens. But you, the idea is you're gonna get more in than they do. Like if Ten Hag continues to, if 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 what you say is true, and I think you might be right, like. If he plays conservative with this United team, which cannot sit back and soak up pressure, or, you know, because you put out six defenders when you do that. Yeah, and the, and the defenders aren't good. It, that's the thing. The defenders Slabby aren't good. Slabby is bad. Mas- Lissandra Martinez is mediocre. <laughs> Luke the, Shaw's a dad bod. And who's the other guy? Uh, Dalit? Mo- Dalit, yeah. That, well, it's brutal. It's and, a brutal back line. And I think one of the bigger things that is like United's going to have to deal with, and clearly they're talking about, is that Bruno Fernandez. Had an amazing season when he got 20, all the VAR calls. Yeah, 2021. 20, when it was Varchester United. He literally, his numbers were like 40 goals, like 48 assists, like save babies from like burning bushes and trees <laughs> and shit. But like since the dude's a dud. He's dud. Like dud. And they're going to have to deal with that. I think he needs to be on the bench because like I look at this, I'm like, hmm, you know what? Maybe I'd start. I would drop Erickson, drop him in, in the 10, like you said. Yep. Put in Fred. And I would put. Uh, Donny, yeah, Donny, Donny Vanderbeek, Rashford's out, Ronaldo's in, and I start Alanga. Alanga's nice. I yeah. like what he was doing. Yeah. He's a young dude. At least he's gonna run at people and take some chances. Let Ronaldo stay in the nine. Sancho and Alanga on the outside. Erickson in the ten. Fred and Donny. That's fine. So maybe they have a Bruno Fernandez problem. I think Bruno Fernandez has been a problem for a while because I think when Ronaldo came in. That threw off the play because I think Bruno Fernandez was used to kind of having like a lug or a false nine that he could kind of exchange with and get higher up the field, and that's why he scored all those goals. Because scoring all the goals that he did from the midfield, I mean, that doesn't – he scored more goals that season than Frank Lampard ever did. Frank Lampard was the highest-scoring midfielder in Prem history, I think. Yeah. But he it, always did it coming he was into always the box. Like, yeah, putting himself kicks. in a position to get like penalties and shit. Like, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like – so like scoring that many from the midfield, obviously the VAR, Barchester United helped, but like – I think with Ronaldo coming in and really soaking up that nine, it didn't give Bruno as much room. I don't know. I'm interested to see what Portugal is going to do because they are in the group of death once again because they always do this because they always they always uh, qualify late. They they could be in some serious issue if Ronaldo's not firing or is in a shit mood coming into the tournament and Bruno Fernandes isn't good. Like they have ballers, right? Like they have Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, Joao Felix. Uh, they're going to figure it out, I think. 
But if you have Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo playing well at United going to the tournament, you got to be like happy as a Portuguese fan. It's also his last World Cup. I just don't see a scenario in the in the in the formation they're playing where Bruno Fernandes thrives. Oh, I agree. He was he was completely invisible today. It's it's there's so many there's just so many more questions at United than there are answers. And they're not good questions. They're like, mm, who do we bench? And like yeah. Donny can't be happy. Like he came back with Eric, like they took the little helicopter over from Holland and they show up and he's like, I got you, Donny, you're gonna play. On the bench. Yeah. It's bad. It's super dark. Well, I I really do truly think that's that stems from their back line, and they have to play defensive, and they have to play McFred in the middle. Be, they have to play McFred in the middle because they don't have any other option. They literally have to drop six guys back to defend against Brighton. That's brutal. This is a non Cucurella Brighton, so they should be more exposed on the outside flanks defensively, and a non Basuma Brighton. So in the middle, they've lost a, a big talent. It's it's really telling. If you're there's some United fans somewhere, and I know it's late. They're in a pub somewhere, and they're like, "How do we burn the? How do we burn Old Trafford? Yeah, it's let's brutal. just do it. Let's just it's start bad. again. We you, gotta, you know, you destroy to create. Like the only time they played well was when their backs were up against it, and they were basically just throwing guys forward. There's no formation. There's no plan. There's no. There's no discipline. There's nothing. There is nothing. What's the first thing you would do if you were coach of United? I know exactly what it is. What I do? I'm asking you. Let's see if we're on the same page. Take the captain away from the yes. Player. You walk into the thing. You say, hey, you're not captain. You give it to Ronaldo. He starts every fucking game. He leads from the front. He's the GOAT. He's the legend. That's what worked last year. Those vibes took you to a competitive, as competitive as you could be. Because without Ronaldo, they're probably 8, 9, or 10 last year. Yep. I, I say, Ronaldo, you're going to do it. We're going to do 4-3-3. Three, three. That's it. That's how we're playing. Yep. With two holders. You can even do you can even do two holders. But one of the holders can't be you can't have the McFred. One of them has to be Donnie. You need someone better in transition. Yeah, they, they need to get away from Eric Ten Hag ball. I'm gonna do what I did at IX with what I had and implement my system with my guys because these guys do not will not do what Ten Hag wants because they're not Ten Hag guys. They're Solskjaer, they're fucking whoever guys. They're just guys they brought in. The it is not his team. He needs to get them to a point where he can make it his team. If he wants to be in it for a project, he needs to. He needed to go out in the transfer window and bring in a few younger guys from wherever he needed to bring them from to, to play ten hog ball. They didn't. They brought basically no one in except Lissandra Martinez and Erickson. And Erickson is the guy that can potentially start to do kind of what ten hog did at Ajax because because Ajax they work together. It, you're completely right. Maguire is a fucking cancer to that team. He's not good. He's on his high horse because he's on the fucking English national team and he thinks he's still good. And he's been given the captain armband for a team that's dog shit. When the captain is <laughs> bad, so bad. Like when the captain is bad. This is like the CEO, Ten Hag, telling your manager who's above you that they're in charge. That that you know, It's like having a shitty manager and the CEO backs them. And they're bumbling idiots. You lose then all faith in the CEO for having made that decision. Because it's so apparent to you and everyone else that that manager or the captain is dog shit. You have to change that. That's the first thing. Just change that. Give it to Ronaldo and say he's going to start every game. He's a fucking goat. We're not going to talk about this. Like let's, let's look what happened last year. Without him, we're not... Honestly, without Ronaldo, that team is so average right now. Right now. Now that things could change. The thing you said about it not being Ten Hag's coach, uh, Ten Hag's team, it's not his team. When Conte came into Chelsea, he broke them. When you have like a wild stallion, you have to break it <laughs> through break it. brute force, tears, <laughs> blood, and sweat. And Conte did it at Tottenham. Conte did it at Tottenham. He had a guy no, throwing no up catch again. up, dude. He had no catch. Yeah. He, he took the catch. You away. have to come in and you have to, <laughs> you know, instill your thing. But part of that though is not hitting the beehive, and the beehive is going to be some players always have to play. Even if they don't fit in your system, and that at United is Ronaldo. If Ronaldo doesn't fit in a Ten Hag system, he's out really, really quick because they're just going to start to crumble. Yeah, it's they're just going to start to fall apart. Nobody, they're going to watch tape this uh, tomorrow morning or whatever this morning, whatever it is, and they're going to be like, "Wow, we're we're not good. We're not good at football." And if they don't analyze and look at what Harry Maguire was doing in the back line, defending against. <laughs> I mean, gross is gross. Like some of these players are just average, 
guys. They're just average Premier League professionals. They should not be doing what they did to Harry Maguire. He was caught ball watching on the six-yard line. He wasn't challenging. He wasn't playing hard. He was just there. He was just a body in the box. He's not good. Southgate loves him for some reason. Solskjaer loved him. He had one good season. He got bought for $80 million. I think they felt like they had to play him. They somehow gave him the captain's army because he's English and he's on an English team. I don't understand. He's not good. Dyer's out playing him. Ake's out. Pl- I mean, Dyer's out playing him. Uh, even fucking Mings, probably Mings out is out him. playing him. Even fucking uh, Ben White's out playing. Ben him, Ben White's out playing, which is which is a which statement. is a lot to say. At right back, he's out playing him. At he's out playing a center back at right back. <laughs> like it's brutal. Like it's brutal. It's we ragging the guy. We we make fun of. Him. He's an easy target. But they're not good. There's two goals were in large part because the guy can't defend. And the guy just stands around. He can make a two-yard pass. Anybody can. Like, whatever. Like, he gets the ball dumped at his feet, and he can dump it out to the right. Like, that's all, he, that's all he's good for. It's so rough. I, I Once again, we said they're not going to finish even in the top ten. Casey may come on soon and just airs grievances, and we'll turn off our mics and just listen. We want the league to be competitive. We want these teams, like... I don't take any I, – I take joy in some of these teams being bad. Like, I I look at, like, Man United, I just pity them. Like, I just pity them. It's oh, not even like – I oh, just look at – It's it's past. I feel bad. Like, I feel, like I just watch them, and I'm like, eesh. Because there's no, like – it doesn't seem – they're going to win a few games here and there or whatever, and they'll be uh, mediocre. But they this team should – like, with the amount of money they spend, with the amount of fans they have, with the amount of merchandise they sell, with the amount of – Revenue that's coming in their club, the, like recognition they get around the world, like this should be a top club, right? Top, at least top six in the world. I think for their brand, they're top five, top yeah. three. I mean, it's only like Barcelona, Real, Manchester United. Those are like maybe the Glazers just don't care. Maybe the Glazers just don't care. They just don't care. They make they're gonna sell their jerseys. They're gonna make their billions. Whatever. Fuck. They're billionaires anyway. But they just don't care. Maybe they just don't care. Maybe that's what it is. If they are not active in the December transfer window and or they have an amazing change of everything. I think it's such a rough season because some of the other teams are looking good. Yeah, I mean, so, even the teams that, like, on paper, that the players aren't great, are well coached. Like, like I, Brighton's a perfect example. They're not g- great on paper, but they're well coached. They they know what they're doing. Grandpa knows what he's doing. He's he gets their team. He gets his team doing what they need, even without Pasuma and and Cucurella today, and without Mape most of the game. They're fine. They look fine. Do you want to look at the week coming up? I don't really want to go game by game. Yeah, what, what, give me a highlight. Well, we got the Derby. We got a, we got a London Derby. Yeah, we got the Bolos Derby. Aston Villa Everton, not that excited. Yeah, Wolves. Aston Villa disappointed this week. I lost. Yeah, Wolves, Wolves, Fulham, probably a competitive game. Brighton, Newcastle, another competitive game. The Arsenal Leicester game. Arsenal look good. I totally believe that they're going to be very, very competitive this year. Potentially top four. It comes down to injuries, and it comes down to how well they can manage the Thursday games right. and the Saturday games. Leicester, Vard City Blues, Leicester, did they lose their first game? They did. No, no they, they tied. They tied. What, do you, what do you think about this game? Arsenal-Leicester, and it's at the Emirates. I, I, I think actually, Arsenal got this. I actually think Arsenal struggled a little bit. I, I think. Oh, in the second half, they got outplayed. I think Crystal Palace. I still think they look good. I think the first fifteen minutes they look really good. I think they look really good, and I was like, "Oh shit, this Arsenal team is really good." And then Crystal Palace figured out, well, eh. and it Crystal Palace deserved a point. I I I truly believe that. I I truly believe that too. I I think they they outplayed them the entire second half, and it just didn't go their way. They could. I think the difference between Arsenal and Crystal Palace when it comes down to quality is just. Crystal Palace doesn't have a finisher. They couldn't. They couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. But they. They definitely have. They had enough to get them to press and push Liverpool. Uh, to push. Sorry, Liverpool. To push Arsenal to where they felt uncomfortable. And I don't think Arsenal looked very good. I think they look. I think they'll be fine. Like I think uh, Jesus will find Jesus will find uh, will find some goals this season. Obviously, I think a lot of people agree that he will fit in as a number nine there. I, I'm not sold on. Uh, ben White, especially him playing right back, but I think 
as a collective unit, as a defensive unit, they look pretty solid. Uh, I, I still think he's not that great. Of, I think he was a bet like for fifty million. I think they paid a very high English tax for a cent that center back because I don't think he's that great. But um, yeah, I mean like Martinelli, he's good. He got me some fantasy points. I was happy about that. Uh, Odegaard's good. He's I solid think they're in the middle. Really I think they're gonna be good. They're gonna be competitive. They're gonna be competitive. But I don't think. I think it's gonna be really tough for them to 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 break into the top four. That's my that's and I think I feel like a lot of people are very uh agree with me on that one. They're gonna to, to break into that top four is gonna be tough. Especially with the uh Tottenham, Liverpool, City, and even ch- now Chelsea picking up some signings. And I think they'll pick up a few more signings before this before the transfer window closes. I think Chelsea will strengthen a little more. I think Tottenham maybe will get one or two more p- people uh players. And I think Arsenal probably stay the same. And that's the difference, right? Is like Champions League football will get a, b- a couple players to go to Chelsea and Tottenham and it won't go to Arsenal. Arsenal lost out a bunch of signings because of non-Champions League football. And you know, I talk and I brag on the whole Champions League thing in past episodes, but it has proven in this p- transfer window that it makes a difference. Oh, you rag on it when your team's not in it, but yes. now you like it when your team's in it. No, I don't like it. I'm just saying it's making it made it made a difference this transfer season. Yeah, it smells like hypocrisy in the barbershop. <laughs> I'm admitting to it. I'm admitting to the barbershop. Who do you think wins this though, Arsenal Leicester? I th- I think Arsenal wins. Oh, this. Ar- I like Arsenal. I mean, le- I don't think comfortably, but I don't think Leicester looked very good today. To be honest, like I think they capitulated. They scored two goals and then gave up two goals to yeah. what Brentford, Eesh. 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 The Brentford United, I don't really... We've talked about United enough. I think Brentford win this. They're at home. That's my take. The only other game... Yeah, well, we before we talk about the Bolos game, the Chelsea-Tottenham, which is crazy, it's week two, they were talking about... The Spanish commentator today were talking about Man City and how freakish it is that their first... <laughs> have you looked at their first six games? Let me tell you who they're going to play. Let me tell you how they're going to have 18 points at the end of this. Bournemouth next. Newcastle. Crystal Palace. Nottingham Forest. And Aston Villa. And finally on match day seven, they play Tottenham, who was the last team to have beaten them in the Premier League. But those first six games, they're going to have 18 points. And with Liverpool already dropping two points, let's just look at Liverpool's... I want to just take a brief look at what Liverpool have got. I... I'm assuming they're going to play not as easy line. I mean, that's yeah. Like I mean, that that's the block. reason why I I just literally before this um, podcast started, I dropped Kane in my fantasy and picked up <laughs> Holland because I looked at his fixtures. It's it's freakish. Oh, they, they're going to destroy these teams. I mean, and they're the, not even in Europe. They're not even doing Champions League. I don't think until like September. Week, yeah, until week four or five. So I mean, it's just going to be a field day. So Pep hasn't been training five days a week. Maybe they get a rest day. Maybe you know some whatever yoga whatever they're doing for recovery and then he's gonna let that dude loose he's so it's it's a wrap so anyways chelsea tottenham this week it's at the bridge what are your predictions uh last season spurs had to play chelsea a number of times in the cup games a couple cup games didn't go well league games didn't go well it's a, i actually think it depends on new signings for both teams and how they impact the game because Kukurel didn't really play much right and I, I don't know how much he will depending upon our lineup I mean I still take Reese or Chill Weezy over him so fair but for Spurs Charleston was suspended for the flare incident this week so he didn't play uh <laughs> I think Basuma was coming off a little bit of a knock, and Perisic is still getting back to uh, full strength. So, with the five sub thing, maybe second half breaks the tie. Whoever comes in, maybe that's maybe that's my prediction. Second half, it's tied one one. Sixtieth minute, Spurs take it two to one. But that's just that's because I'm a Spurs fan. I don't know. I think Chelsea win this. I don't really know how we do it. I just think we win this. I don't see us losing the Spurs at home. I think it'd be at home. Hard. Yeah, maybe not. But be if hard. it was, yeah, it'd be hard. I like and I and I also think when we go and play you guys, I think you'll probably beat us. I think both these teams will split will split points. They're both going to win at home. Uh, that's how I feel. 
Yeah, I was I was encouraged to see Kulisevsky get on the uh, on the score sheet. I think he played phenomenally. I think he was the man of the match for me because just just his movement on the right side, even with Royale, which was right now, I think he's your best player. Yeah, he's in, he's, he's incredible. He's he, fucking incredible. His just his energy is so positive at all times. His movement off the ball is just incredible. Yeah, it's it's surprising too because he has to play with Royale, which isn't it a classic wing back. He's more of a right back, and that's why they brought him in. And so I don't I don't know if Doherty or Doherty, whatever his name is, uh, is wasn't as fit, or if they just went with him because he's the better with Royale because he's a little bit of a better defender. So it'll be interesting to see how he has to deal with uh, with Sterling. So like that's my worry is right is like that matchup on the le- on Chelsea's left, Spurs right with Sterling and Royal, Sterling and Doherty could decide the game because obviously Sterling's talented and fast. And I think that Romero can handle him because Romero's on that side. Oh, wait, actually, Romero plays on the left side? I don't know. Either way, center backs might be able to handle it, but and, and Sterling doesn't have a lot of like quality at the end, but he does create like space and creates problems and all that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think Spurs are better now than them when they when they lost to Chelsea during the season as a unit and like collectively as a team so I'm a little bit more I'm not like confident right I'm not I don't think any Spurs I mean it's a derby it's I mean probably the third and fourth or fourth and third whatever how you'd want to flip it this season so it, it, it I, I think it's going to be a much closer game than it, what then played out last season so I, yeah I, I, I think, think it's fair for you to be confident at home and I think that it could go two to one. Like that's not a. That's, yeah. It's so early. I I just it will all pan out. Chelsea will finish in fourth or third. That's well how this will happen. Yeah, that's my take. Yeah, and if, so like we can fast forward, but like like if the first few games don't go so well for Chelsea, or like if you're struggling to find goals, I think you'll make a move or two in the in the transfer window before it closes to to kind of plug that hole because you're gonna get rid of Warner, get him off the books. And then now you're you're going after a striker. You're going after a, an attacking player, right? Yeah, and, and maybe another defender. So it's like Chelsea will spend the money to do what they have to do, while Spurs may just trust in Conte. If the right fit doesn't come along, they may not make a move. But yeah, I think Chelsea need to fill a hole like a, a, an attacking hole very soon. They need a, they need a striker. They need a striker, hundred percent. That because that's the direction it seems like the league is going, right? Everyone, every team now is going to have a striker. Yeah, everyone's getting their striker, so we'll see. I feel confident about it. I'm not not too worried about it. I'm I'm more just if we play, it's all about our midfield. That's how we beat teams. If we have like Mount in the middle, we drop him in the middle, and we have Conte and uh, what's the guy? Jorginho. Not, not Jorginho. Kovacic. Kovacic. I just love the Conte Kovacic. Yeah, They're think, just so fast. I think Tuchel loves Jorginho. It just depends what Tuchel wants to do against uh, against Tottenham. Maybe he wants Jorginho in there to just sit and drop a ball over the top for Sterling running on, so he stretches your defense a little. Because Sterling over like you know thirty feet running, thirty yards, he's so fast. Yeah. I I don't know if Pulisic plays, but anyway, it's gonna I, be I just, a good. I week. think Romero is gonna take Sterling out. Like oh, well, as he as he should. He's going to take Sterling out, and he's going to get a yellow card. And that is maybe the reason it goes south for Spurs, you know? Uh, uh, it could be. Let's uh, let's look at fantasy. Only because your boy's in second, and I've never been this high in my life. Not since Woodstock 99. Uh, so let's see who's in the basement. Here comes the son, Nick Terrence. Who's on your team, my G? Oh, we had Kulisevsky. He's a Tottenham guy. Kane, Bamford. I mean, see, his team's solid. Like, one week his team could be banging. This thing just... Can't take a lot of Dude, you're 19th. Yeah, low. Woof. But, dude, your team's nice. You also have Neto. I like that. Neto's Salah. We have some of the same players. Perisic. I just didn't... uh, I didn't captain... I didn't save in captain Salah. I switched it and then didn't save it. So, I lost, like, 10 points. So, that would put me... That would... If I had switched that, that would have put me further up. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I already made the Holland switch. Don't worry. Week one, use my transfer for week uh, two. So I was going to use my name. It was uh, Tuchel for Prez 2024, yeah. which was whack compared to everyone else's cool names. So I was going to change it to Sterling Silva. I like that. It was I nice. kind of like that. When you said that first, I think it was yesterday you said that to me. No, I didn't say I said I texted it. I, st- I didn't like it. But when you just said it to me now. Because it's like with the Boston accent, I Silver. Like, yeah, Silva. I, got I got it. Did you get it? I got it. And it resonated with me 
but I ended up changing it. Again, you changed it again. Do you see what it is? No. I haven't looked. You got to go. I, I want your on, on mic reaction. I'm looking. Okay. I'm in the fantasy. I'm clicking on our league. Real time. Too cool. Too cool for school. I love it. Too cool for school. Isn't I it love awesome? it, dude. It's good. It took me hours. Whiteboarded it. You know, Whiteboarded it was in Reddit. Your, yeah, dude. I, I was. Cool I just. I, it just came to me. Too cool for school. But Holland's homies. Nick Bailey's in the one now. The real question is, where's the killer? Where is Oz freaking Atik? Where's that? Where's that man at? He's in fifteen. He doesn't even know what these things are. Where did he go? Where did he? Oh, he had Trent Alexander on on his vice. He also had. Oh my God! He had Wolves goalie. Dude, he really plays. He has a shit goalie, but he makes up for it because all his field players are badass except for uh, Bailey. Bailey, excuse me. No, no, no. Sa actually did like have the most number of saves last season, or something. Some, some. Yeah, crazy but he only stat. got a two. Yeah, this, this, this week. But like I, last I season, that's why I think that the he went with like the best, go- like kind of the best shot stopper last season. Okay. Anyways, week one's down. Nick Bailey's in the lead. Oz is 15th. Everyone, just keep your eye on Oz. And I think that's it, Jeff. This is week two. This is our week two pod. It's week two. When is a uh, quick question for you, and maybe the listeners can uh, tell us in mm-hmm. offline. When does sports betting start in Massachusetts? Like, when are we allowed to do the sports betting? I'll know when it happens. Because I'll come over one day, and the IRS will be outside trying to repossess your house because you've used it as collateral. Hey, you gotta make moves. You gotta spend money to, to make, make money. money. You gotta spend money to make. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, it's good. You gotta make moves. You gotta make moves. Deep. <laughs> that will be on your headstone, <laughs> Jeff Ely. You gotta make moves. <laughs> Rest in power. <laughs> I buried him in a Spurs jersey. Maybe he'll win in heaven. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolos podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, at Boys and Bolos. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned or email us directly at boysandbolos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.